Hey lovely, you're listening to the She Dreams All Day podcast with your gal pal and fellow introvert, Mia Brox. That's me, by the way. This is a safe space for all introverts and dreamers looking to realize their dreams of shining online with confidence so they can build a dreamy online business, make an impact in the world, and that ka-ching while being 100% themselves and having fun in the process. And around here, the introvert hangover is of course sold separately. I'm all about empowering you to step into your superpower and become quietly confident online. I'm also about Friends, the TV show, chocolate, milk chocolate, and coffee with cream. And just so you know, quiet people can do amazing things because we totally can. So get ready to feel inspired, learn, laugh out loud, and let's be alone together, have an honest chat about how cool introverts are as we dive into today's episode. Celebrate good times. Come on. Yes, that's the way I'm starting this podcast episode because I just had an amazing chat with an amazing person. And we talked about the fact that we need to get better at celebrating the good times. Come on. (laughs) So today I had a chat with the amazing Brianna May, a.k.a. Miss Mindset. And yes, we talked a heck of a lot about mindset. You are absolutely going to love this chat. We talked about what is mindset? How do you move past any limiting beliefs? She has some really awesome practices and rituals and strategies to deal with mindset blocks, which I think you're going to really, really appreciate. So Brianna is an obsessive learner, a law school graduate, a teacher, writer, and a mindset coach on a mission to help society go from survive to thrive. I love that little rhyme. Love it. (laughs) And live with a happy and fulfilled mind, body, and soul. So, so good. I love this conversation so much, and I'm sure you will too. So cue the interview. Welcome, Brianna May, aka Miss Mindset, to the She Dreams All Day podcast. Hey, how are you? Hello, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always so honored and so excited when I get to. It's so interesting being on like the other side of the mic. I have a podcast, but I love being interviewed. So it's really, it's such an honor. I am so excited to dive all the things mindset. After all, you are the queen of mindset, (laughs) Miss Mindset. So. I am very excited to dive into all the things with you today. But first things first, we need a little story. We need sto- we need a little story time. I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey, how you got into the business space and the mindset work that you do with your clients now. And I know that you've recently been to Europe as well on a bike, you know, living <laughs> that dream life. So I would love to hear, you know, what's that journey been like for you? How did you get here where you're able to just like travel to Europe and bike around Europe because that sounds like a dream and also a little bit exhausting but (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, there's so many stories there I'll try to be I'll try to do it in like the most concise way but I'm a bit of a talker so we'll see how I go I love the details though so don't leave anything out (laughs) but it's up to you (laughs) okay cool yeah so How it started basically, like my whole life, it started when I was born, essentially, that whole business (laughs) journey. I'm like, oh, now I see that my whole life has been preparing me for this. Um, But I graduated high school quite, I was one of those students who, I I don't want to say my my path was chosen for me, but 
in Australia, it's very much like, look, if you're academic, you do this and here's your choices. Mm -hmm. And if you're not academic, you sort of go and get an apprenticeship or something. And so I was in the sort of your academic and your grades are really good. So you should probably do law or medicine or engineering. And I was like, Mm. cool. Well, (laughs) I'm going to just do that, I guess, because I'd already been through my own mindset. I had my own limiting beliefs because really I wanted to do things like speak on stages and I wanted to be like a journalist and a teacher. I wanted to be Oprah, to be completely yes, honest. Oprah Oprah. Like, yes, Oprah was my, dr- like Oprah has always been the person that I looked up to. And I had a few of my own little limiting beliefs that obviously held me back from going down that quote, unrealistic path. Mm. Um, so I wound up in a law firm and from there decided that that's definitely not the place for me. And ended up doing a little bit of like the eat, pray, love thing where you go (laughs) book a trip to India to find yourself. Yes. Love it. (laughs) That just tends to be what you do. So did you find yourself? I kind of did, which is the funny thing. It really really works. (laughs) It really does. I was so blessed. I think I, I sort of, I'd graduated from law school, but they'd given me, and then, you know, I'd been offered this quite, I guess you could say fancy or like yeah, a good job. I'd been offered a good job in a law firm, corporate law. And I just, no part of me wanted to go back into that space. And so I said no, but here I was with my piece of paper. I I had my law degree and I didn't know what to do. So went to India and it was just by through, I don't know, divine intervention. I ended up really feeling pulled to go work at an orphanage with young girls and in that moment realized how much I loved teaching and connecting with these young kids and I ended up coming back and working as a high school teacher for five years and I think that's where it all really started for me like I was a senior teacher I was English teacher really but ultimately I felt like I was more of a school psychologist and that was where I actually found my passion was helping people to actually like what do you want out of life and and why can't you do that of course you can do that and like tell me more what else do you want to do after school and I'd get so lit up with my students when they were ready to graduate that they sort of ended up saying to me like miss did you always want to be an English teacher and I was like hell no like no I actually didn't and that's when I had to start really being honest with myself and I didn't always want to be an English teacher so I was honest with my students and I said I wanted to be a lot more but I had my own limiting beliefs and looking at what happened inside those four walls in my classroom what I was doing the whole time was teaching my students the power of the mind and self-talk and the power of belief and the power of self-trust and and that's what lights me up and so when those kids graduated, I graduated with them. I quit and uh, <laughs> sort of went down that path. And as I did, so I started off coaching and mentoring teenage girls mm. because, as we know, high school can be a little bit challenging. And yes, uh, yeah, there's all those things. Like I was just coaching all these girls with body confidence and social media and loving yourself and knowing who you are and and to stop people pleasing and all of these things which women need too like it's not yeah. just a teenage girls thing so it sort of grew organically from there and then as it grew I started to get asked a lot of questions about business because my business took off quite fast um and so here we are now I sort wow. of I run a 
very successful company and it's Amazing. it's all about teaching the things that we were never taught at school. Oh, I love your story. I actually got goosebumps when you were talking because, you know, learning about our brains and our mindsets and limiting beliefs and navigating all of that, it's not something we learn at school. We know, you know, it's not part of the curriculum. And that's so beautiful that you took the time to like help these girls out and work mm -hmm. through all of that with them. So I think, yeah, you've done some really important work already. So that's, that's so, so amazing. And, cool. you know, when we are teenagers, I just remember back to those days. And I don't even want to remember back to those days because I was yes. dealing with a lot of shit. You know, it was just, it's a hard time. So having yeah. someone like you to talk to, uh, to talk about those things with is so, mm -hmm. so amazing. So I, I, I love that. And you didn't want to be Miss English teacher. You wanted to be Miss Mindset. And now you are Miss Mindset. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because that's exactly how the name came. You know, when yeah, you're in that startup ask. phase, yeah. yeah, you're in the startup phase of business, and you're like, oh, I've got to get the name right, and I've got to get the niche and the offer, like all of that. I remember yeah. spending so long, like, what's my name? What's my business name? And I was so used, and I'm still just called. Like, I literally got off the phone this morning with two of my ex students. And they were calling me just because they were at university and they were in Melbourne. They'd moved yeah. states. And they wanted to just tell me how happy they were. And that makes my day. Oh, but still, they go, hi, miss. Hi, miss. And I was like, well, it's definitely going to be miss something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. When did you start your business? What year is this? Oh, I started, actually, it's funny. I started in 2019, but when I started, I was sort of at that, mm. like, oh, it's just this cute little thing. I'm not telling anyone about uh, it. Yes, <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I had a podcast that only my mom listened to. Oh. I didn't really tell anyone. Um, and so 2019, end of 2019, I started to really think about things. And then 2020, I quit my job. Mm. Um, in the middle of lockdown, yeah, in the middle of the say. pandemic, <laughs> which a lot of people were like, you're crazy. But I have never looked back and it's been, I've been in business for just over two years and it's, you know, it's a multi six figure business. I have a team. I, I get to travel the world. I get to help people. And I feel like I get to do all the things that Oprah does on yes. Sundays. And so it's really cool. <laughs> It's amazing how that worked out. Oh, that's so, so, so cool. So, Miss mm. Mindset, we need to dive into <laughs> mindset because yeah. obviously it is such a huge part of running a business. You know, it's, I don't know, was it Tony Robbins who said it's like 80% mindset and 20% strategy? I really believe it's like 95% strategy. Mm. No, 95% mindset and 5% strategy. But it's totally. such a huge part of running a business. I mean, especially as an introvert in business, I know mm. for me, when I started, there, I had so many mindset blocks. I was so worried about what people thought. You know, I can really relate to your story, how, you know, you started a little thing. You didn't really tell anyone but your mom about it. I didn't even tell my mom. Like, I was so worried and in my oh. head about what other people thought. And it actually took me like, almost three years to finally show my face and show yeah. up online. And I started in 2018, so not long ago. And yeah. so there's so much work, so much we need to work on and work through. But mm. 
I would love to kind of go back to the basics because I love the basics and the basics are essential, of course. But uh-huh. in your words and in the work that you do with your clients, what is mindset? And we can get a little scientific, you know, we're all we're mm. both a little nerdy mm-hmm. here, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What, what is mindset? That's such a good question. And it's always something that I... I try so hard to put it in the most basic terms, but essentially your mindset is like if you think of your mind or your you, your mind as a computer, Mm. and a computer is kind of useless until it's got programs installed on it, until, you know, it's just hardware. There's nothing we can do with it until it's programmed with, you know, Microsoft Word, and it's got all of these applications that allow us to use it. Our mind is the same. We all have a mind and we get programmed through our childhood, through our experiences, through the pop culture, through movies, through advertising. We Mm. get put programs inside our mind, which becomes like our beliefs about the world. It's our attitude towards things. It's our ability to cope with situations. All of those things, those programs that have been put into our mind, often they've been put there for us, not by us. That creates our mindset. And that is it becomes the way we operate. It becomes the programs that we run on autopilot without even knowing it. And until we bring awareness to, hey, I don't actually like Microsoft spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) Who put Excel in my freaking, you know, to to use that analogy? I love that analogy so much. And I hate Excel. (laughs) I hate Excel. I really do. Excel, like, and, you know, my my team knows this. Don't get me near an Excel spreadsheet Mm because I will will get really discombobulated. But (laughs) essentially when we look at our mindset, we start to go, why am I operating this way? Why is that program there? And is that program the best program to give me the outcome that I want in my life? Because we can change the programs, but we have to sort of start to think about like what ones are there in the first place and are they actually the job for what we want? Oh, I love that analogy so much. And you know, I feel like a lot of the times we're not even aware of the fact that we are allowed to change the apps and the software <laughs> on the hard yeah. work. So, so that's so, so amazing. And why do you think, I mean, this is an obvious yes, but why do you think mindset work is such an important part of, important part of running a business and not only running a business, but being able to live out your dream life? Oof. Because every level of growth is going to require some discomfort. It's going to bring up, like I always say to my clients, every level, another devil, like another level, another devil. Like when you have a business, you are going to put yourself out into the deep end. You are going to have to come up with like, oh my goodness, people are judging me. Oh my goodness. What if it doesn't sell? Oh my goodness. What if I can't deliver to my clients? Oh my goodness. What if I look cringy? What if I don't know what I'm talking about? What if people are judging me? And nine times out of 10, until we have that self-awareness to say, that's like, until we have the self-awareness to to know how to move through those thoughts and those feelings, we will retract back to the safe and the comfortable. And for a lot of people, that means, oh, you know what, I'll just go back to my job. Or actually, maybe this offer sucks and I'll scrap it and I'll just go back to hiding my face again. Or maybe I can't do this and business really wasn't for me. 
And so in business more than anything, like I always say, business and personal development go hand in hand. Like business is going to make you need to step up and to deal with your programs, to deal with your inner critic, to deal with your demons. And that's why like your business can only grow to the extent that you do. You have to grow your mind in order to grow your business. And then when your business grows, you'll go to the next level and that will have another limit. So you have to grow your mind in order to grow your business. It's that simple. As you were listing out those limiting thoughts and beliefs, I was like, this is this is heartbreaking to hear. Like, you know, when someone has that belief about themselves, it's just it's heartbreaking. But, you know, it's it's true for so many people. But where do these limiting beliefs come from, do you think? Like, are we just how does it happen? It can be from so many different places. And it's very interesting is that whenever I ask a client, you know, whose voice is that? when they say like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not credible enough or I'm not creative enough. The first question I always ask is like, whose voice is that? And very often the response will be, oh, that's my mom or that's an ex-boyfriend or that's, I remember like one of my clients, she was a photographer and she, her narrative was, I'm not a creative person. And I was like, whose voice is that? And she goes, it's my year 10 art teacher. And Mm. the reason that they become internalized is because all of us have got memories in our bank, in our core memory bank. We've all got memories, experiences where a younger version of ourselves got hurt. And in that moment that we got hurt, we learned that I got hurt because I'm not enough. I got hurt because I didn't do well enough or, or whatever the story is. We've we've made a meaning at that age and it's like it got locked away as a belief rather than just, yeah. oh, this was a bad day or this teacher doesn't understand me or like whatever we needed at the time for it to make sense. We've locked it away as a fact. And so the the, the narratives can come from past experiences, a critical parent, a really bad relationship where you've internalized somebody's critical voice. It can come from the media that wants us to believe that we're fat and disgusting. Like it can come from so many places, but one of the most empowering things to do is to ask, where has that voice come from? What memory, what person, what event, where is that voice coming from and how can I uproot it out of my program? That is such a good question to ask. I have never heard anyone talk about it the way that you do. And that's so I'm going to try that like the next time because these limiting beliefs, they keep bubbling up. Like, as you said, new, new level, new devil. So I'm going to ask that question because I don't really know whose voice it is. So I'm definitely going to be going to the core. I need to go deep with my thoughts. Sometimes it's it's really, really important. And I love, I love that strategy. That's so good. Do you know where it always comes up in a really interesting way is with money mindset and money narratives. And, you know, I don't know if your clients are very similar, but sometimes asking for the sale, asking for money, talking about money, it brings up such ickiness for people. They're like, oh, awkward. I just want to skip past this bit. Like, you know, and so then I go, we we ask the question, like, where's your money programming come from? And it's always come from home usually because yeah. we learn about money at home. And it's like, I remember one client was like, oh, I don't need to be like rich bitch was the kind of terminology that she kept sort of saying. I don't want to be like one of those rich bitches. 
And again, whose voice is that? Where did you learn this terminology? And it's an auntie who always used to comment on rich bitches. And so as an adult, you've got now a business owner who doesn't want to be rich because she'll be associated as being a bitch. And so with money, again, like in business, you have to look at your money stories as well. And where did they come from? And is because nine times out of 10, those icky money stories are going to stop you from achieving what you want to achieve in your business, which is profit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do see a lot of my clients struggle with that. And I do too. Like there's always going to be a little bit of resistance when it comes to going to that next level and, you know, starting to earn money online. And it's, it's, yeah, it does feel icky sometimes. And it's just, it's just something that we have to change. We have to change the narrative, but how do you change the narrative? Like, how do you move from having all these icky thoughts and limiting beliefs and worrying and what worrying about what other people think and to move to the other side <laughs> where the grass is green and everything's <laughs> sunshine and rainbows? Not all the time, I presume. But yeah. what what do you how do you work with your clients to move them out of that icky space, that scarcity mm-hmm. space? Yeah. So the first thing is obviously just to recognize that the thoughts are there and thoughts aren't facts. That's a big thing. Like a lot of people, even just that, that alone can be a huge change for people to go, oh, the voice in my head and we name her, we usually give her a name. So like mine is Brittany and I have my crazy inner, inner bitch named Brittany. And when Brittany starts talking and it sounds like, you could never do that. Who are you to who are you to believe you can have a million dollar business? Like when Brittany starts talking, I listen to her and then I kindly tell her exactly where to go. And I start to act as my higher self rather than this little voice that's trying to keep me small in my head. So it's that dissociation to start with. But then the next thing is like, let's dismantle and disprove that belief that you've got. Because the thing about our beliefs are we really believe them. We think that they're truth. And the only truth in this, like there's very few truths on this earth. There's truth about this, you know, the sun will follow the moon and night will follow day and summer will follow winter. And outside of that, most of our beliefs are just opinions that we've formed over time and repeated them enough times in our head that they've felt like they're facts. And so if we can really hold a microscope up to those limiting beliefs and to those feelings of like, oh, well, you know, for example, I'm not a creative. Uh, Really? Like for this client, I said, is that a truth? Is that a true? And that means it's 100% accurate 100% of the time. Nobody can argue with it. It's it's a complete truth. And she's like, oh, well, I mean, I, I, I am good at photography. Okay. Okay. What else? Like, is there any other way that that I'm not creative could be actually a little bit false? Like let's dismantle it and then let's go and look for evidence to disprove it. So to use another example with money, like all the people who have all of these funky beliefs around wealth, like people that are wealthy are greedy, people that want money are materialistic, people that want money are selfish, you know, money is the root of all evil. I hold a microscope up to those thoughts and I'm like, is there anyone out there to disprove that? Is there any beautiful, amazing heart-led businesses out there who give and are of service and make the world a better place with the money they have? 
And the answer is you bet, like there's so many of them. And so A, it's to recognize the thought, to disassociate a little bit from it and then to act from your highest self. And then the next one is to like at the same time start disproving it and collecting evidence for the other thought, you know. Is there evidence that money is a beautiful thing? Go go look for evidence for that. Yeah. So do you, is this a constant thing that we have to be doing? Or are there other rituals? You know, when you find yourself in a little funk, because we all do, you know, they, they mm-hmm. pop up, but, you know. Often. Often. Uh, <laughs> like, what's the word? Often. Um, do you have any rituals or practices that you do to move to the move through it and navigate through that limiting belief that you're working through yes so it will depend on what the limiting belief is and where it's come from if it if I know like for example a lot of my recurring limiting sort of negative self-talk I guess you could say was like oh people are probably talking about you behind their back behind your back that was always you know And I know I've done the work. I know where that thought came from. I know the memory where that's, you know, it was year nine. I was, I remember it because I just remember it like it was yesterday. And that's a real key thing there. You will remember like it was yesterday if it had a big impact. And this new girl came to school and we were in the bathroom at lunchtime because all the girls, you know, go to the bathroom together at lunch and that's how you do high school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You always do things in pairs. And so good times. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the bathroom and she said to me, she was new at the school and I'd been at this school for my whole school life, 10 years. And she said, do you know that all the girls, like all your friends, they talk about you behind your back. And like in that moment, my heart, my 14-year-old self shattered, I think, into a million pieces. And that little that little piece of me, that's the version of me that's saying things like that. You know, that's the little limiting belief that's coming up. And so if you can pinpoint the moment that you formulated that talk, uh, what I do is I actually have a ritual with her Like I have a my 14-year-old self, a picture of me when I'm 14. She sits in my office. She sits in my office. She's she's in my phone and I can write letters to her and I will tell her everything that that little version of me needed to hear in that moment. I'll tell her what she needed because it's just a little wounded part of us that's, you know, been internalised and is trying to protect us from future pain. And so there's that, there's writing letters to our our past self, the past version of us that got hurt. The other one is um, scripting. So all of us, especially in business, we've got goals because we always do, new goals, new visions. You know, the next vision might be that I'm going to hire a team and I'm going to have 10, 20K months, whatever it is. And I will script that out. I will script it as in like, what does it look like for me in this life? Like, what does it look like when I'm there? Who am I? How do I behave? How do I show up in the world? How do I be, how am I being on a day-to-day basis so that I can always, always in my visualizations see myself as that version of me and then be her in the moments that the thoughts pop up. The thoughts pop up and then I instantly go into like my highest self or my next self or my future self, however you want to call it. My future self is the person that's responding right now, even when the thoughts come up. 
So that means having a really clear idea of what your highest self looks like and how she behaves. And so scripting is a really good, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you, do you ask any specific questions when you're scripting or do you just like write out what a day in your life looks like and what you're wearing yeah. and things like that? Yeah, literally all of that, like a script, like, and I'll say it's in present tense. So, so when you're writing a script, it's in present tense. It's I wake up, you know, I wake up every day and I'm so full of gratitude and I get to have my slow morning routine and, you know, you're just writing it as if it's already happened. And what you're doing is, generating all of these feelings and getting so excited and like getting to know who you need to be in order to create that business or reality. And then when the limiting beliefs or the doubts come up, you know exactly what you need to do because the version of you now is not probably the same person who's going to get you to there because what got you here won't get you there. You need to be someone new in order to get somewhere new. And so knowing who that version of you is and getting really clear on that is really, really important. And that's why with my clients, we do a lot of higher self-identity, like who is that version of me? And then we do a lot of visualizing so that we're always seeing her and can respond as her. So good. I love it. I love it. So I want to change course a little bit. It's not really changing course. It's pretty much around the same topic, but confidence. Yes. That is, well, it's something that I've struggled with a lot in the startup phase of my secret blogger journey. Um, And it's something that my clients struggle a lot with as well. It seems to be a very hot topic in the introverted entrepreneur space. So I would love to hear your take on confidence and how you help people gain confidence to show up online and to pursue Mm. their dreams and all those beautiful things? Mm. I think for me, confidence is actually, confidence is like a byproduct. Confidence is an end result. And there's a few things that need to happen for us to get there. And so confidence really is the byproduct of consistently doing things that challenge you and proving to yourself that you can do difficult things. And so if you don't have confidence in a particular area, all of these lovely affirmations and stuff, yeah, cool. It's a nice tool to add to your toolkit. But ultimately, we need to start creating tiny little incremental things, action steps, things that do push you outside of your comfort zone so that you've got this huge big evidence log that says I can do tough things because confidence actually comes from the belief that I can get through anything. Even when it's hard, even when I probably am going to look like a bit of a dickhead sometimes, even when I don't really know what I'm doing, even when whatever else, you know, I trust that I'll figure it out. I trust that I'll find the resources. I trust that I'll find the mentor. I trust that I can learn it. Like it comes from a deep self-trust and and a knowing based on a lot of evidence that I've done hard things before. What I see as like a real red flag and a real problem, and this was something that I, I really didn't like to see inside of the classroom and the education space is, you know, it's like we've almost gone so far in the other direction of like you can do anything and you can be and you are, you know, you 
can do it all right now and you deserve it all right now without actually putting in, you know, like every kid gets a participation badge and we don't want them to know that like, you know, we don't want them to keep scores. And it's like, but we need to learn that we can do difficult things. We need to learn that, oh, that was really challenging and I did it. That was really hard and I got through it. We need to be able to put ourselves in those situations. That's where we build confidence. That's where we build confidence is through doing tough things, not, you know, you can do it even though you've got no evidence to support that. That's like building a house on a really shonky foundation. And so we want to actually build evidence for ourselves that we can do hard things. And that really means that when you say you're going to do something, you have to follow through because when we don't, we're just lacking, we're just knocking our self-trust. Our self-trust muscle is actually saying, liar, you can't do hard things. You never do. Like you always say you're going to and you don't actually do it. So it's really important that we don't actually proclaim that we're going to do anything until we actually really truly will. And then we build evidence that I've got this. No matter what, I've got this. Yeah. It's like when I say I'm going to stop eating chocolate and I never do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I've just stopped saying it. <laughs> Maybe I need to stop saying it and just acknowledge the fact that I am a chocolate obsessed lover. I have to have it every single day. And that's fine. You know, I've act- uh-huh. I, was, I was actually listening to a podcast with two doctors who said, chocolate's not bad for you. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Have some. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yes. cool. But what you're saying is flexing that trust muscle, as you said, flexing that confidence muscle is key, is really key. Instead of saying, I'm a confident person, I can do anything. You kind of need to start small and just slowly put yourself out there and kind of grow your confidence in your, at your own pace, I presume, because. Oh yeah, a hundred percent at our own pace all the time, but those tiny little small things. And I think a lot of people, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't praise ourselves. We don't celebrate ourselves for those tiny wins, but the tiny wins, especially for introverted people, like, you know, like the tiny wins are the big wins, you know, putting your face out there and going to a networking event and all of those things. They might not seem like big things, but they are the big things. And we need to really start acknowledging and celebrating that. Yeah. More celebration to the people. Definitely. More party. (laughs) And more chocolate. (laughs) More chocolate and party. I love it. Oh, what a beautiful... You know, note to end this conversation with chocolate and party. I love it. Love it. I only love the introvert friendly parties, though, but that's still a party. (laughs) Tell me about it just quickly. Introvert friendly party. Does that mean you go home at a really decent hour so that everyone's got time to just chill? Chill, watch friends, have some tea, read a book or go to a party where, you know, everybody. That's also really nice. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound really good. Or being able to just go to the bathroom and recharge for a couple of minutes, you know, so. Love it. Love it. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, sharing your wisdom today. I would love it if you could share a little bit about where people can find you. And I know you have some amazing offers out there. Tell us all the things. Where can we find you and where can people work with you? Um, I think Instagram's probably my favorite place. So I'm just on Instagram at missmindset underscore. And my podcast is the Miss Mindset podcast. Uh, And so if you 
basically start there. There's a lot of different ways. I do have a money mindset course, which we're going to be opening the doors to very soon, actually. So if any of that money stuff came up, that could be a cool place to start. Um, I also have a free course, which I've had like nearly 500 people do it just in the last few months. And it's just a three-part course for helping people to really get clear on what that dream life and business looks like, especially if they're in that phase of like, I can't figure it out. I don't have any clarity. Yeah, There's so a really helpful. nice, yeah, really helpful. You get a journal and a video training and it's it's really, really good. So that could be another place to start. Amazing. Well, we will leave links to all the things in the show notes. And thank you again so much for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me.